Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Under the Light Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Amadeo, and today Christian Lysak and I will be talking about the NBA. That's right, it's NBA season. Opening night is tomorrow night, I believe, October 22nd. Um, the Clippers and the Lakers play. I believe it's tomorrow. If it's not tomorrow, it's, it's sometime this week. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly, it I could not be more excited for the NBA. And uh, today, Christian and I are going to be talking about, like, who we have at the top of each major category in terms of skill. Uh, things like handles, passing, layups, mid, mid-range, three-point defense, blah, 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 blah. There's a bunch of different categories we have. But we're going to be picking out who we think is the best in the NBA, most fun to watch at each skill position. And uh, yeah, Christian, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing pretty great. I am also hyped for the start of the NBA season, which is tomorrow at Tuesday, 8 p.m. Pelicans Raptors, 10.30, Lakers Clippers. Get hype. Yeah. And honestly, we should know everything we need to know about preseason um, at this by this point, there shouldn't be any surprises. Um, we know that Zion is going to be out for a few weeks. We know that Paul George is going to miss the first ten to twenty games. Um, we know we know a lot of the major things that we need to know. We also know Buddy Heald just got a contract extension for ninety four million dollars with potential for one hundred and six. So the Kings are looking to uh, make their shooting guard slash small forward uh, staple of that organization for a few years. Um, but yeah, we know we know a lot that we need to know going into this season, and it's going to be a fun one. Um, but yeah, like I was saying earlier, we have a bunch of skill positions written down, or skills rather, not skill positions, skills written down, and we are going to try and decide um, who is the best at each position, or who is the best at each skill. So we're going to start right off the rip with handles. Who has the best handles in the NBA? Who has that ball on a string? You know, uh, Christian, I'm gonna let you go first on this one, bud. Who do you have as the person with the best handles in the NBA? All right, so I really only considered like three people for this, um, but at the end of the day, number one was obvious. So the three I considered were Harden, Steph, and Kyrie. Um, James Harden, Steph Curry, and Kyrie Irving. That is, and. The easy choice for me is Kyrie. He's absolutely filthy with his handles. You could put together, you know, a whole highlight video of just him crossing over people. Um, so for me, choice is easy. Got to go with Kyrie. Yeah, and I was uh, when I was sitting here doing this, um, I, I was I was like, it's Kyrie or Curry. There is no if ands or buts. And in the first thing I wrote down was Kyrie. I didn't even think about it. That was like the easiest choice I had out of all of these because those two have the best handles in the NBA, not even close. And Kyrie is like just a level above Curry with the handle. And it's insane. I mean, if you watch some of the things that he does with the ball, you're just like, how did he do that full speed in between three defenders? What? Like, oh my gosh. It's insane. Not to mention his like, the reason Kyrie is so good with it Outside of the fact that he just knows what the ball is going to go no matter what, he can stop and start with the best of them. I mean, he, he pulls up, pulls back on the ball, and then just goes right by you. And he's he's not the fastest guy on the court, but he's shifty. And it is so hard to guard shiftiness. Yeah, for sure. It's um, it's like 
you know, you ever watch like the uh, old and one mix mixtapes with like hot sauce and yeah, and the professor uh, and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, other dudes like that. It's like watching that on like an actual NBA court. It is so much fun to watch. No one, not many people will pull the moves that uh, Irving does. Um, so you know, yeah, you gotta. Yeah, and if you watch him play, if you watch him play, he just like he toys with his defender for like the first quarter, and then he'll like at the end of like the first quarter he'll do something just so that you know he can do whatever he wants on the court, and then he'll just kind of you know he'll do his thing for the next two quarters, and then in the fourth if it's close he'll he'll let you know again for the last five to ten minutes of the game that he is a top ten player in the NBA if if he oh, wants yeah, to be it, sure. like he he can just do whatever he wants, and that's how you know. He's uh, an elite defender, you know, or not defender, elite, an elite offensive player. Um, yeah. So speaking of defense, uh, we're gonna go right to defense next. Who do you think is the best defender in the NBA? Um, and the thing with defense is now, uh, defense is very much so team oriented at this point in the game. There's not a lot of. Um, if if you get into an ISO situation, you're normally going to try and drive your offensive player into another defender to make him, him, him work. But there are some elite ISO defenders in the league. There are guys that you know are going to lock it up. Um, guys like Paul George, Russell Westbrook might come to mind. Um, those guys are two elite perimeter defenders. But then there's guys like Rudy Gobert and Joel Embiid who are elite in the, uh, in the post. And they're just going to have a hard time scoring over those guys. Um, and then there's some people who can guard all five positions. And for me personally, I'm, I'll go ahead and do this one. I I have two guys um, who win healthy, and if you're in need of a stop, you want these. You could probably take these two guys, two on five, and you'd probably get a stop. Is is my um, guess. So the two guys that I considered here, I already mentioned some names earlier, like Westbrook and George and Davis and. Um, and Embiid and Gobert, guys like that. Those are elite defenders. But the two I'm picking are Victor Oladipo and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Oladipo has become a menace on that side of the ball in the last two or three years. And when he's healthy, he's a top five defender in the league. Um, and he does it on both ends of the court, which is another reason I love it. Because he he gets the steals on one end and then finishes on the other. And then Kawhi Leonard. I mean, we all just saw the run he had. Uh, the run he had in the playoffs was ridiculous. Coming off of a year where he didn't play to being the best player on the court. And mind you, we don't think he was 100% in the playoffs. Uh, I'm pretty sure his leg was jacked up in those playoffs. And yeah, they got a little help at the end with Golden State being injured and whatnot. But I mean, he took Giannis on one-on-one and and, and, and won that battle um, most nights. He He is a freak defender. And if you have those two on the court, if they were on the same team, have fun scoring in crunch time, guys. It's it's not going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Kawhi's a great choice. He's one of the five I considered. I'm having a real tough time with this one. So uh, my five right now are um, Kawhi, uh, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, who um, is back-to-back defensive player of the year right now, uh, Draymond Green, and Patrick Beverly. And... It's so tough because Kawhi and Paul George and Draymond can guard all, guard all five positions. But at the same time, Pat, like, Gobert's a force in the middle, and Pat Beverly, like, 
when he's on can lock down just about any point guard in the league. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I like. I forgot about Draymond. Draymond's pretty nasty too when he wants to be. Um, yeah, you know, I'm. Just, uh, Draymond is just like so good at the little things in basketball. Yeah, him and Patrick Beverly just get under your skin so much as a player. Like you can no, just see sure. it. Like watching them play, I'm like, oh my gosh! Like it reminds me of play, like those guys in high school who would just like say one thing to you and just keep walking, and and then you turn around and you're like, what the like that guy that guy's in your head for the next week, and you're just like, what the heck happened? Like he said one thing to me, you know, and they they do that day in and day out, twenty four seven, and that that's what makes them so good. Besides the fact that they have the physical gifts that they do. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Let me see. I think I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with maybe Draymond. Um, maybe it's like still bias in my mind, but I'm still like I don't know where you stand on this, but do you remember the finals of the Warriors? You know, they blew the three-one lead, and Draymond was suspended from Game Five. Yeah. I'm like still kind of a believer that if Draymond played that game, the Warriors would have won. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like huge, like a huge Draymond fan because like he can't shoot that well or anything like that. But that but year, man, he his could. his impact on defense is so good. Well, those were and, the years he could play offense. Actually, he wasn't bad. It was yeah, he wasn't bad. You know, I mean, not as bad as he is now, but like yeah. Yeah, I yeah, Draymond is just such a good like communicator on defense and he's really just like held that Warriors team together and that unit I think suffers when he's off the court um quite a lot. So, I'm going with Draymond. I like it. I can dig it. And that Warriors team will be really interesting because that is a I mean, that's a very pre-2000 14 team right there. I mean, it's basically just Curry and Draymond, because uh, Clay probably won't come back this year. Iggy's not there anymore, and he was a big part of the defense. KD was like a first-team all-defense guy when he was there. I mean, he was he figured it out on that end of the court. Um, yeah, that Warriors team will be interesting to watch, and it's it's a very small ball team. Yeah, uh, and a lot sorry. of young guys, a lot of young guys too. Yeah, you got like D'Angelo Russell. Steph Curry, you know, Draymond, who, nine of those guys are super tall, and those are your three best players with Clay being out. Yeah. So, like, man, and then a bunch of guys not a lot of people have heard of. You yeah, know. if you watch them in the preseason, like, I mean, they still have a very good offensive system and are going to shoot a lot of threes. But they, they are just not there defensively at all. Like, they're worse than the Lakers were last year, in my opinion. And the Lakers were terrible as a defensive team last year. Um, I did not realize Willie Cauley Stein was on the Warriors. Yeah, he yeah that's like new this year I think. Yeah, he um, was on the Kings. Yeah, but that is Warriors either, team will be interesting. Either starting center, holy smokes. He, well, their centers are hurt. They have a lot of injuries. <laughs> yeah, right now the people listed as center right now are Willie Cauley Stein, and the backup is. Marquise Chris. <laughs> Marquise Chris was a top five pick in the draft. <laughs> he's been on he like was, 14. He was the Suns, right? Yeah, he's terrible, man. 
Man, Marquise Chris has done nothing. Oh, he was on the Cavs last year, too. He was on the Sixers at one point as well, I think. No, <laughs> uh, this so. one says Maybe Sun, Suns, Rockets, Cavs. Rockets, that's what it was. Oh, excuse me. Okay, um, we'll just move on. You know what? Let's just stay with the Curry theme, I think, or the Golden State theme. I think we're both going to have the same person for this three-pointer. Um, I have Steph Curry. I mean... You can consider Clay Thompson when he's healthy, but like the impact Steph has in the game, maybe maybe James Harden, um, but Steph is like he, that is his thing. He has revolutionized the game of basketball because of that shot. He's the best three point shooter in NBA history. He shoots it at a higher percentage than anybody else in the league, um, and he makes most of them. He he could potentially, if he didn't take a lot of stupid shots. He could potentially be a fifty percent three point shooter. His form is perfect. His he can he can pull up from wherever he wants to, whenever he wants to, and he is he has actually said before, um, listening to him on other podcasts and things, he has said like, yeah, if I didn't take like the three quarter court shots like at the end of the half, and if I didn't uh, like just take some dumb shots, like I could probably be a fifty percent three point shooter, but. That's just not fun. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's just toying around with people out there, throwing up shots just because he wants to see what he can do. Um, I'm going Curry. It's not even not even a, a second guess. I mean, like I said, you can throw Harden in there, maybe even Seth Curry, Dame Lillard, um, guys like that. Who knows, maybe Ben Simmons in the next two years. Oh, you know it, baby. <laughs> just wait. Two more years, he's going to be Kyle Korver. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So he's not, going to be, he's not going to be able to do anything but run to the corner and shoot threes? Oh, no. He'll just be the Kyle Korver uh, three-point. Oh, okay, know. okay. The, the rest will still be Ben Simmons. But, you know, add in Kyle Korver's three-pointer. <laughs> he's going to yeah. shoot it with both hands because we don't know if he's left-handed or right-handed. Yeah, true. You know, it just makes it up. You know, 39% with the right hand, 40% with the left. You know, whatever he's feeling that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you see Steph's first, the first shot they took in the new uh, Chase Arena? No. He, like, it was one of those, like, ridiculous Steph shots where he, like, takes the ball and he shoots it from, like, 10 feet behind the uh, um, three-point line, like, pulls up mid-dribble. And, like, I thought he was about to splash this thing to, uh, like, open up the chase center. And I was like, oh, baby, here we go. Warriors, bas- Warriors basketball. And he airballed uh, air it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would have been nice. Completely missed that. everything. And I was like, wow, first shot in the chase center. Well, you know, Kerr, Kerr was like, hey, look, we're going to open this thing up with you getting the ball and just pull up from wherever you want. Okay, we got to do it right. Cause oh, yeah, for sure. That's That was game plan going in. <laughs> Can't blame him at all. No. Also, I'm not, I'm not about the Chase Center. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's a nice building and everything, but like, Oracle Arena. That's, it'll always be Oracle Arena. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not used to this new stuff. <laughs> it's funny that they have this new building right after the five the five year run that they did, and right. they probably won't make another finals <laughs> in the time that Curry's here. I guess we'll see. Yeah, so, yeah, like you said, three-pointer is obvious. It's Steph. He's the best of all time. Um, like you said, can pull it from anywhere. Uh, shoots in the weirdest off-balanced positions that, like, no one should be able to make um, with regularity. Uh, and yet he does all the time. Uh, if you wanted to go really hot takey, the other ones I considered were 
you know, Clay Thompson, James Harden, Buddy Heald, who Buddy. I think I heard. I think I heard was the only person to shoot a certain amount of threes and still hit over 50, 40% of them. It was just him and Steph. Uh, and then Kyle Korver was one of the best shooters ever. So, um, or at least of the, you know, 2000s. So, you know, you could like maybe consider those, but even so, it's Steph. Yeah. If, if, if it's not Steph for you, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And I can see people making an argument. Like, there are going to be Harden lovers out there that are like, why don't you have James Harden in this? Let me tell you what. Every time James Harden takes a step back three, it's a terrible shot. Okay. They are not high percentage looks ever. And you can be like, well, he hits them, so they're high percentage. No, they're not. They're terrible looks. Okay. You can say the same thing about Steph, but Steph also gets a lot of his threes off of screens and. And dribble, uh, dribble kickouts like James Harden is not even in the same realm as Steph for three pointers. I just want to throw that out there. Um, and you, you are, you are not a James Harden fan. No, dude, his game is so stupid. It's not fun to watch. <laughs> He's a great player. That's just, it's dumb. Okay, I'm not a fan. It's terrible. It's not fun basketball to watch. Um, yeah. Hold on, I had to write down a name. I just thought of a name for another position thing. Nice. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, let's go to a different world. We're talking about guards here uh, in the last two. Let's go to uh, rebounding. Who All right. is one of the best rebounders in the league? I'm going to let you kick us off for this one. Yeah, so Andre Drummond led the league last year in rebounding with like 15 rebounds a game. Um. And then it was also Embiid, Capella, um, DeAndre Jordan, and Rudy Gobert. Um, but I'm probably I'm probably sticking with Drummond. There's a reason he led the league. Um, you know, he's like seven foot, seven foot one. You know, he's got the height, he's got the length, and also he's just a big body. Like he's, he's not jacked. like Capella, who's you know pretty skinny or anything like that. Andre Andre Drummond is, you know, he's got some muscle on him. He's Josh, wow, Andre Drummond's only 26. Holy smokes. Yeah, he's really young. Yeah, and he's yeah he's 279 pounds. So, you know, he's a pretty dang big dude for being seven feet tall. Um, you know, he can body guys out, got great length. You know, not the best athlete. He's not Blake Griffin or anything, but, you know, he's got some, you know, good enough hops to get above the rim and snatch some rebounds. So I'm going with Drummond. Yeah, um, if you had asked this question 10 years ago, the answer would have been unanimously Dwight Howard. Um, yeah. I mean, he he. if you had 10 years ago gone, all right, who's going to be the next, the best rebounder in the next decade? You'd have been like, oh, it's Dwight Howard. Uh, guess what it didn't turn out to be? Dwight Howard. Dwight <laughs> um, although he looks pretty good with the uh, the Lakers. Um, so I'm I, have a qu- I have a question for you. Yeah. Is Dwight Howard a Hall of Famer? No. What has he got, done? What has he done that's Hall of Fame worthy besides wear a cape in a dunk contest? Uh, he's got eight NBA All Stars, five time All NBA First Team, uh, three time Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, so here's the thing: he might be a Hall of Famer because it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, and they let in anybody. Like I could probably go apply, and they'd let me in. Um, he he like. If the if the basketball Hall of Fame was of the same prestige as like the MLB, and we talked about this the other day on our other podcast, if you want to go listen, um, if it was of the same prestige, he wouldn't be in there. But he might be just because it's the basketball Hall of Fame. But I mean, he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't he has, doesn't have any MVPs. He doesn't have any like 
championships. He he's only been to one finals and he got cooked by Kobe. Um I I mean and then after that really he's had he's had a terrible career the last 10 years. Yeah, I get, that's the tough part to reckon with cuz there's like a stretch when he's on Orlando, he's like the best center in the league or at least one of. No, definitely I'd say he's the best in that there's like a 3-year window where he was the best def- center in the league. Top 15 guy probably. Yeah, well, he won, like you said, he won five uh, All-NBA first teams, and it was from 2008 to 2012, which is a five-season span. So, and and that was, I think that's like three on the uh, Magic and two on the Lakers, right? Or was he Lakers 2012, 2013? Uh, I don't know if it, he was 2012, 2013, so I don't know. If that is the Lakers season or the Orlando season, because there was one season with the Lakers where they made the playoffs with him, and he was pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't. Oh, he's only on the Lakers for one season, so I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. At least four were in Orlando, but like as soon as he goes to Houston, like his career is like kind of falling off a cliff. Yeah, and I just like, think, man, he's. <sighs> I'm gonna say he's not a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's. I don't think he's worthy of it. Now, that being said, you know if he has a great year this year, next year, and you know he really turns it around. Like if he if he gets if he can get like ten rebounds a game, ten points a game, ten and ten, right? Double double. Um, yeah. Because he'll be in the rotation slash starting uh, center on this team, and if he gets mm-hmm. a championship with the Lakers, maybe you give it to him. Yeah, his career averages are like 17.4 points a game, thir- almost 13 rebounds, and he's above two blocks a game. Yeah, but he also had some insane years. Yeah, he so. had 2.9 blocks per game in the 2008-2009 season, and then 2.8 the following year, Yeah, which is absurd. I don't know. <laughs> it's It's so weird because his peak is – huge but his valley is also like huge people you know people don't want to like roster or have him on their team like yeah not to mention people have said he's like people there's a reason he's bounced around a lot of teams lately it's because people don't want to be around him like no one wants to be on his team or have him on their team um and then there's like a whole story that came out last year that like he like dated this trans guy or girl or something and like paid them off to like not talk about it or something have you heard this yeah i heard it i have i have no idea what like all that was about like that's just a weird story to come out and it was like a big deal for like a few hours and then it just was like it's dwight howard we don't care anymore (laughs) but yeah it's it's he's a strange dude like um, yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff happened but, in Dwight Howard's career. This year he looks he looks thin. Like he looks he looks very in shape. He doesn't look like he's he's like carrying any weight that he doesn't need to have. He doesn't look I think he'll be okay this year. No, um, he's cut like Yeah. He's still athletic for being 33. Yeah. And I mean, he's yeah, I agree. I think he'll have a good year in the Lakers as a for okay. I'm just going to address this now because for those of you that have listened before or ever just talked to me about basketball, 
You'll know I'm a Lakers fan. I grew up a Lakers fan. I grew up a Kobe fan. Kobe's my favorite player to ever play the game. Love Kobe. Um, my neighbor grew up a Lakers fan, and that's kind of why I'm a Lakers fan, because he introduced me to the game of basketball. Okay, that being said, I love Boston sports. I am such a fan of Boston sports. And I've been trying to figure out a way to be a Boston Celtics <coughs> fan and a Lakers fan, and that is a hard world to live in. <laughs> Cause they, As in, it's not possible. It's not a thing. So I'm trying to think. I'm trying to reconcile with myself and say that you get to switch your team one time in your life without being a bandwagon fan. I tried to. I was thinking about doing this a few years ago before Kyrie came to the Celtics. I was like, the Celtics are just in Boston, and like that's just my like. I gotta like that team. Like, there's no reason I shouldn't like that team. I should like all Boston sports. But then I decided to hold off on it, and now the Lakers are good, and the Celtics are good, and I've just decided that I'm going to like both teams. I'm going to have an East team and a West team, and that's where I'm going to be at. I'm going to be one of those people. I'm not a bandwagon yeah. fan. I'm just a fan of the Lakers just, and the city of the Boston. Cowards, the coward's way out. I, yeah. Can't, can't commit. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Imagine. I mean, I'm a Lakers fan. Like, if you were like, Lakers and Celtics are playing in the finals, who are you picking? I'm picking the Lakers. So I guess I'm a Lakers fan. Yeah, I guess you're a Lakers fan then. But if, I, yeah, I that's really, really how. Who would you root in the head to head? It's Lakers. Lakers. So. I really want to be a Boston fan though. Like I, it's, I really do, dude. Well, because yeah. I like I like the other Boston teams. The, the Celtics are the only one I didn't, and I didn't like them because I hated KG. Back, back you hated back. Kevin Garnett because I didn't know any better. I was like nine when the the Lakers oh, played them. Kevin Garnett was the least annoying of that big three. <laughs> no, dude, Kevin Garnett is a freaking nasty guy. Like he just have you have you heard some of the trash talk that he gives? Oh yeah, I mean, you, I, I would definitely hate to play him. And on Paul the court, Pierce, but like, I can't stand Paul Pierce. Yeah, even now, I, even I don't. When I'm not a. I don't like Paul Pierce or Rondo. So when, like, when when Paul Pierce is on talk shows, I'm like, shut up, <laughs> stop talking. I just don't well, like what he has yeah. to say. Yeah, no, I'm not about. Paul Pierce that much either. Yeah, and Paul Rondo, Pierce, Rondo, KG, all a, good to great players, but you know, I, I liked Allen. I liked Ray Allen, but now that the Ray now, now that Rondo's on the Lakers, I, I, when they signed him, I really was mad. I was like, really, I don't like you. <laughs> I don't like Rondo, <laughs> but you know what? Maybe it'll work out. So let me, all right, let me give you my re, my rebound. Whatever. Um, we got off on a tangent. Yeah, we got there. way off track. <laughs> So um, I'm just gonna I, I pick I pick Drummond right away like when like you know like th- when three pointers come to mind you think Curry rebounds come to mind you think Drummond but I'm gonna throw a name out there at you I think he's one of the best rebounders in the league pound for pound Russell Westbrook oh I forgot to mention Russ <laughs> Russell but I was right there with you <laughs> Russell Westbrook pound for pound is one of the best rebounders in the league because he goes after him he wants his ten rebounds you know. Like, yeah, yeah, averaged what eleven last year? Yeah, or something. He got the twenty-one rebound game or something like that, like the twenty, twenty, and twenty. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's a freak. I mean, yeah, he really is. He he'll be in the contention for a few things for me, honestly. Um, but he's getting up there too, and he's getting a little older. But yeah, I mean, he's what like thirty-one. Yeah, but him on the Rockets, man, this year's gonna be fun. He's gonna be an improved version of CP three, I think, and he, I mean. Think about this for a second, right? The Rockets like are, are playing the, the Clippers, okay? 
Harden Harden throws up a three, uh, knocks it down. Then coming back the other way, Kawhi Leonard is taking on uh, Russell Westbrook one on one here. Kawhi mm-hmm. drives by Russ. The ball rolls around the rim. Russ grabs it off the rim, pushes it up court, and like Euro steps past Paul George, his former teammate, and dunks on him. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna be uh, crazy. That would be pretty nice. Russ Westbrook highlights are they're one, one of, of my. Time favorite nba players highlights to watch when he dunks it you're just like that rim is dead they need a new one yeah. get a different rim. some of the nastiest in-game dunks you've ever seen like no one wants to destroy the rim like russ yeah he's he's great oh my gosh he's great um yeah so i'm going with drummond or westbrook like i said pound for pound westbrook's probably the best rebounder in the nba um that i can think of off the top of my head um so okay we're, you know, talking about dunking there a little bit. Let's go ahead to dunking. Who is the best in-game dunker in the NBA? Or just dunker. We can just say dunker in general, even though dunking and in-game dunking are different things. But who is the best dunker in the NBA? Yeah, I, so when I thought of mine, I did in-game. Yeah, so. okay. See, here's the thing. And I asked this question to you before we started. I said, can I pick someone who hasn't played yet? And you were like, you're talking about Zion, aren't you? Like you know it, Z- I mean, who Z- else? Zion has to be on the list. I mean, he just does. Uh, if if you're just like, if you're one of those basketball purists, is like don't think he's good until he starts playing. Like, no, I watched him play preseason. He, he was nasty. Okay, he was good. He dunked on Gobert. Okay, Gobert is yeah. reigning defensive player of the year. It, it, at the, at the very least, Zion will be, you know, one of the best dunkers in the NBA. If he does nothing else with his career, he'll be one of the best dunkers in the NBA. Right. He's too athletic not to be. Yeah. And I love the people. Oh, my gosh. There were people that were like, Zion's playing against college kids. Of course of course, he's going to be bigger than them. Okay. Zion was a freshman last year playing against juniors and seniors all year, and he was bigger than them. And and then if you if you guys realize this, um, he, he was bigger than – 98% of the NBA last year. You know who he wasn't bigger than? Boban. Freaking yeah. Boban. Okay. He's what, 7'3"? Yeah, it's like 7'3", 300. And, and Zion's like 6'9", 285. Okay? Z- Zion is nasty. He's going to be fine. He's going to be okay. I hope he gets better because he's going to be so much fun to watch. But for Dunker, I went the exact opposite direction from a... Uh, freak and nature athlete to someone who's played. I have picked someone who's played, um, and I have two candidates. Both have appeared in slam dunk contests. One of them has won it. Um, so the the runner up, in my opinion, is Hamadou Diallo, the kid from uh, the Thunder who won the dunk contest last year. I think he's a, that the dunk over Shaq was nasty. He's just, he's just a freak. I mean, he can just get up in the air with the best of them. Um, I, I and he's he was super creative and he's fun, dude. He's like really fun to watch. Like, he's just like yeah. a fun character. Um, and KD loves this kid. Um, but the person I'm gonna pick is the best dunker in the NBA, or at least yeah, best dunker in the NBA is a guy by the name of Derek Jones Jr. from Miami. Oh, yeah, he played Derek for the Jones Phoenix Suns G League. Got signed to Miami and just showed out last year. And whenever he had the ball in his hands, you just knew he was going to take flight. I mean, just go look up some of this guy's highlights. He jumps out of the building 
freak guy. And I guess I could add Zach Levine to this list, but he's been hurt the last few years. So, um, But I'm going to go with Derrick Jones Jr. as my dunker. Derrick Jones Jr. is a good one. So, yeah, in-game I had uh, probably my third is Russ. Like we, like we just mentioned, Russ is such an explosive athlete. Um, the only problem with Russ is he tries to kill the rim so much, he ends up missing a lot of dunks too. So, you know. Those are the best when the ball goes to half court. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He is quite prone to do that, but, you know, his highs are so good that I don't really care. Um, Braun is my other one. Um, you know, you got like the uh, off the glass alley oop to himself from last year. Um, he's just. You know, always one of the great in-game dunker, dunkers. Um, I think one of the better what-ifs what ifs in basketball is, like, what if Braun actually, like, cared about the dunk contest and went into it, especially when he was younger. Um, he's just so athletic. Um, just got some excellent jams in his career. But my number one in-game dunker is Giannis. Um, he's, you know, got freakishly big arms and hands. He can grip the ball. Um you know from basically any angle and with the arms that long he can dunk from like a yard away from the hoop it is crazy how much reach he has you know it'll leap off from like way farther than you could ever imagine someone doing it and it's like that scene in um oh shoot space jam space jam yeah with the extended arm dunking That's what a lot of Giannis dunks look well, like. So it's such an asset. Like, you think he's far away, and then, like, boom, he's somehow yamming on you from, like, 10 feet away from the basket. He it's was crazy. In, he was he had that in-game dunk in the playoffs from the free throw line. Like, who does that? Like, it was nothing, too. Like you said. like The he, Greek freak. He, well, that was one of the most insane plays I'd ever seen. And I was so glad I got to watch it live. Oh, that was a good time. Um, I like all of those. I can agree with all of them. They're all very uh, good dunkers, powerful dunkers, and you just know when they get up, they're going, they're throwing it down, and oh yeah, you got it. You can't, you can't get in the way. Um, yeah. So from dunking, <laughs> we're gonna move to shot blocking. Um, I've already talked about this a little bit with you because I couldn't remember the guy's name, um, and I'll just throw him out there right now. Miles Turner, he led the league in blocks last year. And the only reason I know that, I never would have known that, um, except that I talked to a friend of mine like three days ago when we were talking about uh, the Pacers. Like just randomly, we were talking about the Pacers and how Miles Turner uh, looked pretty good on the defensive end last year and everything. Um, that being said, like I said, I had no clue because you just don't hear about him like at all. I think he had like 2.7 blocks a game. And like we just talked about Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard in his prime at 2.8, 2.9. So 2.7, insane. Really anything above 2 a game, you're doing something right on that end of the court. Above 2.5, that's elite. Yeah, there's only about five centers who have over two blocks a game. Yeah. it's And we'll cover a lot of those yeah. guys. Um, but I'm just throwing Miles Turner out there as my guy right now. Um, I really don't want him on any other part of the court. Literally just stand under the hoop right now. He, he was a very talented prospect coming out of college and uh, had a lot of potential and was trending upwards there for a few years and then took a big step backwards last year, in my opinion. So um, like him on that the down in the post on defense, but other than that, I'm not too sure about him. What about you? Uh, yeah, so this one, 
for me, it's between uh, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Miles Turner, and uh, only a second-year guy, but Mitchell Robinson last year was second, I think, in the NBA on uh, blocks per game. Um, really, really good player. Um, actually a promising dude for the Knicks. Um, can he do anything outside of the paint? No. Um but, you know, he's a great dunker, awesome on alley-oops. Um, uh, just a great shot blocker and rebounder. Very much like the the Lob City Clippers sort of mold of player. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm just going to run the court, catch lobs, block shots, get rebounds. Like, I'm not going to leave the paint ever. Um, but I'm probably going to go with Gobert. You got – he's the, you know, back-to-back defensive player of the year. Um, one of the tallest dudes in the NBA, um, seven, one with a wingspan of seven foot nine. So like freakishly large. Um, and every year that he's started a game, he's had at least two blocks per game per year. So like he didn't start any games his rookie year. And that was in 2013, 2014. And from 2014 on, he started games for the, Jazz, and as long as he started games, he's had at least 2.2 blocks per game. So, you know, he's about as consistent as they come in terms of defense and shot blocking. Not many more people you'd want in the center of your paint. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, he's very good. And I I didn't pick him for defense or shot blocking, but, like, I mean, he's he's right there, like, with all of the, the elite players at that position and that side of the ball. Um, yeah, for sure. So, moving on from shot blocking to another post area, let's talk about post offense or post players rather. Who is the best uh, post offensive player in the league? And here's my here's my thing with this. I've been thinking about it a lot, and the problem is the NBA doesn't run through the post anymore. It's an outside in game. Um, and most of the ball, time the ball doesn't get in unless it's a layup. Like, they don't send it down on the block anymore and let the, the big center do his power move and yeah. the hook shot. You know, it's not it's not a it's a lost art now. I do think there are guys who, when they get the ball on the block, it's a bucket. It's just an automatic bucket. Um, guys like Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid or LaMarcus Aldridge even, I think those guys are elite. I think Aldridge is probably one of the... Uh, more skilled players of that position because he's a little undersized for that position. But I'm going to throw a name at you that you probably aren't expecting. He is uh, a national champion. He, uh, he he's he was very good in college. <coughs> very, very good. And he's very skilled offensively. Defensively, though, he sucks. And oh, that's boy. the problem. He doesn't really play crunch minutes because he can't play defense. Um, but... Joel Embiid, or not Joel Embiid, uh, Jaleel <laughs> Okafor. Wow. Jale- wow. Jaleel Okafor. Oh, that's actually a pretty good one. Yeah. I don't know if he's the best, but Jaleel Okafor, like his strength is always being good at the post. Yes. That's a back to the basket kind of guy. Um, you can even throw guys like Ennis Cantor in there if you really want to, but I think Jaleel Okafor, back to the basket, he's one of the five guys you want in that position um, yeah. in the post. If Jaleel Okafor was the center like 20 years ago, he'd be a lot more highly thought of than he is now. Yeah. Because he is absolutely cheeks on defense. 
But man, he's got he's so crafty in the post. Yeah. Even when he was on the Sixers, you know, he at least could score. Um, yeah, for me, it's kind of a two-way battle. Um, I have it between Embiid and LeBron. Uh, LeBron just because LeBron creates so many mismatches in the post, and he's so athletic. He's got like a nice fadeaway. You know, he can spin around you and dunk it. Like he's just re- you know remarkably crafty in the post. Um, not kind of like like how Kobe was like not a big size player, but more just the skill, yeah. you know, in the mid range and everything like that made him so lethal. Um, but I probably have to go with Embiid. He just has a, you know, large arsenal of tools he can go through. He can like body you down into the post and dunk right over you. He can fade away. He can use a jump hook. He can finish with both hands. And, you know, even then he can pull back and, you know, hit a mid range jumper. So yeah. I think Embiid's probably the most, versatile guy and the theme with all of these guys is their footwork is crazy good and Embiid's right there with them I mean Embiid's footwork is insane for a guy that size yeah um, so I agree I, I mean there are there are a couple guys you can go to if you want to bucket in the post I mean there are even guards you can go to like Russell Westbrook in the post on a on a guard he's got the mismatch um, mm-hmm. yeah. or even I mean I don't know if Giannis needs to be down there but he, if he needed to be he could he could also be down there um, yeah, I was a picture of Giannis like attacking head on. Yeah, which is why like I didn't really include. Yeah, him. he's very much so. Uh, um, his front is facing the basket at all times, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're gonna work our way out now from the post to mid range. Uh, no, we'll go layups from the post to layups. Um, we just talked about Giannis being very good at attacking the basket. Guys like Ben Simmons are also very good at attacking the basket, and sometimes. That could be your only skill set, <clears throat> Ben Simmons. Uh, <laughs> I think he's gonna be very good. Excuse this year. me. Uh, stick around for the passing, and we already discussed yeah. the three pointer. So <laughs> he's becoming the all around guy, huh? Um, oh, oh, also yeah, really, want, really quick on Okafor. I think Okafor is gonna be doing really good this year because uh, he's on the uh, New Orleans Blue Devils. So oh yeah, true. I know, mean, he's on he's on Duke point two point Yeah. Uh, Duke and Nikhil Alexander Walker somehow slipped in there. Duke point five, uh, okay. Oh wait, real quick. I know this is an NBA podcast, okay? But and I, I know you were at the game. I just want to touch on this. How was Virginia Tech six overtime game? Dude, some kid behind me at around the third overtime was like, "I'm gonna pass out," and like <laughs> that was just my thought. Like the entire time was like, "This is." Like the most crazy game I've ever been to. There was four missed field goals in a row. So in overtime. Why I didn't watch this game. I had no clue this game was going on. Why did y'all go to um the Patterson kid, Quincy Patterson? Okay, so um Hunter Hooker was started and he was playing really good. He got knocked out with a concussion. Um then they sent in uh you know Ryan Willis, right? Derry Sanders, the goat. Um, <laughs> not at all. Uh, <laughs> he was a starter for the, at the beginning of the year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They sent him out there. He threw a really nice. His first pass was a really nice fade um, to Damon Hazelton in the end zone, which Hazelton made a great catch on. Um, everything else he did that game was utter trash. Uh, <laughs> okay. Willis thinks he's like. Russell Wilson in the pocket, but he has the movement skills of Joe Flacco. So it's really, it's really not fun to watch. Like at one point he rolled out right and Chaz Surratt, which big takeaway from the game, 
UNC linebacker Chaz Surratt, who actually was recruited as a quarterback and moved to linebacker, is really freaking good. Like, yeah, UNC's, I mean, people, <laughs> Virginia Tech Twitter was geeking me because they were talking about how like they won this six overtime dog fight, and I was like, UNC was three and nine last year. <laughs> hey, but they're better this year. I mean, year, they're they're yeah. good this year. Don't get me wrong, but they were like two. They were like two and nine, then three and eight, or something like that. Like the past yeah. two years, <laughs> it wasn't great. Yeah. So anyway, Chasserat comes running off, and like Willis sees him, and he tries to like jump cut backwards, and it's like the slowest cut I've ever seen in my life. Like the man had molasses. It was like it was like watching a guy with cinder blocks try and cut. Uh, <laughs> It was horrible. So they benched him, and then they threw in Quincy Patterson, who actually did really well. Uh, he ripped off like a 50-yard touchdown run. He also passed pretty well, which was really encouraging. Because yeah, um, he was cause a, he has not really, really done that. highly touted quarterback from like Chicago, right? He was on the Elite 11. Yeah, yeah he was on the Elite 11 with Trevor Lawrence and, um, and um, the kid from Ohio jo- State. Justin Fields, yeah. Dorian Thompson-Robinson was on that yeah, one. Yeah, it was a really good one. Uh, it was the kid who went to Ole Miss, Matt, Matt Corral. Um, yeah, that was, that, was that, really that, that was a really good elite, elite 11. That was, that was like when the show was good too. Like yeah. the past year since like the show sucked, they like didn't show everybody. Like it was the production went like way down. I don't know why. They were like, how do we top Trevor Lawrence? Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was like they didn't show like enough of the drills or enough of the players. Like it's like you had still had no, you'd watch a twenty minute episode and still have no idea what happened that day. It was so weird. <laughs> the tangents we get on. Okay, back to um, but yeah, the game. Yeah, the game actually was talking good. about the game was good. <laughs> I I hope the game was good. I mean, y'all won. So. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was. Oh, I saw the the missed field goals and I was like, this is such a ACC game. <laughs> Oh, 100%. And especially because, like, the one of them, like, Tex Kicker made the first one, got iced, so he had to re-kick it again. Same distance, same conditions, missed wide right. Uh, same thing with UNC's kicker at one point. In UNC's, was like a 30-yard field goal. And, like, the kicker, you know, he gets timeouts, and the kicker's, like, getting himself all hype. He's, like, kind of, like, he's got his head bobbing. He's, like, dancing all around, and he missed, like, a 30-yarder wide right. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, back to the NBA. There's your football dose of the day, guys, if you need it. <laughs> um, layups, that's what we're talking about. So layups, when you think of layups, you think of these crafty guys. The guys who are going to finish through contact, they're going to finish. Um, the, the layups that really you shouldn't make, you know, if you're ever playing 2K and you get that little, little, little bar cause from the layup, and you're just like, this is going to be impossible. Um uh, I had three guys that came to mind when it when it came to layups. I mentioned guys like Giannis and Ben Simmons earlier, but those guys are really good at attacking the basket and like full court transition. I, I, when I think of some of the best finishers in the game, I want these guys who are going to finish on the half court set. Um, guys like LeBron. This is the first time I've mentioned LeBron myself, um, but guys like LeBron are very good at finishing. LeBron finishes through every contact. He never gets any calls because he's stronger than everyone in the league. Um, he's never gotten calls ever. He will never get calls because he's just bigger. Uh, he finishes with both hands. I saw a play in the preseason where he like he was on the right side of the paint, but like out past the three point line, crossed the, his guy over, and uh, cut to cut to the hoop on the left side, and finished with his right hand, not even looking at the hoop. Like it was, at, like he was looking at the bench 
and finished with his right hand up and over the defender. I was like, what the heck? How did this guy make it? Um, but he's freaking LeBron, so he can do whatever he wants. Um, you know, we would get yelled at in high school and be like, left hand, make it with your left hand or whatever. Or middle school. I remember that in middle school too. Yeah, like, well, you're, you're not to... you're not LeBron, yeah, so yeah. He, you know. he can do whatever freak he wants. Um <laughs> another another really good finisher is Kyrie. And Kyrie, I have never seen a shot blocked by him. I've I take it back. I've seen one of his shots blocked and that's uh, one of his layups blocked, and that's because he was falling to the ground and he got fouled on the play. Um but yeah, that's like, a good point. That I've final, never actually like seen that. That finals in 2015, 2016 when they won it, he never had a shot block. He finished over everybody. I mean, oh my gosh, he he is his his finishing is insane. I mean, combined with his dribbling, that's what makes him so dangerous is that he can just he can do whatever he wants on the court. He can do whatever he wants. He can finish over everybody, under people, whatever. Uh and my last pick is Curry cuz Curry is just He's an underrated finisher, honestly, because he does some crazy stuff with putting spin on the ball and just like, yeah. And he, I mean, he bounces off of guys too. He's one of those people who just you you want him to have the ball in his hands, attacking the hoop, even though he's he's smaller. Um, he he can still finish with the best of them. But I'm gonna say Kyrie and Curry are once again neck and neck for best finisher in the league. Yeah, I'm a lot of similar guys between us. I have Kyrie and Steph, you know, towards the top of my list as well. Um, you know, pretty much retweet everything you said. Just great finishers can contort their bodies in all sorts of ways. Um, just super good. Uh, ben Simmons is one of my top guys. I think Ben Simmons is one of the best finishers at the rim in the NBA. Um, you know, he has no idea what his dominant hand is, so that means he can finish with both hands really well, which is <laughs> shouldn't work, but it does. Um, it, it somehow works for him. That was the most uh, accurate statement I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Doesn't pretty much. Doesn't know which hand his dominant, so he's good at both. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. It's literally Ben Simmons' game for years now. But he's like so – he's tall, he's athletic, and, you know, he's so crafty that he, you know, still manages to score uh, quite a number of points. And most of the time he has guards on him. It's not like he has – post guys bigger guys on him either you know he's got little- most of the time but i mean like with how much the nba rotates nowadays anyway yeah could end up with, with a larger guy anyway but um anywho my other guy that i'm like really really considering for this is demar Derozan. um Ooh. <laughs> demar is t- top in the league um in terms of like percentage of layups made um, for how many he takes, which is really impressive. He's one of the better players in the NBA. I can't remember the percentage off the top of my head. And he's can finish through contact really well. Um, he's top. He was top three and uh, completed three point plays last year. So, and one plays um, Giannis was number one with 70. He beat out James Harden by 19. Good Lord. <laughs> in case you were wondering. Oh my gosh. So, and this was so. This is like a really cool thing. This is on NBAminer.com where I got all my advanced stats. But so Giannis completed seventy-three point, or no, sorry, I man, what was this? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, all right, all right. So he had a hundred and three and one plays total good night he made completed 70 of them so he only made 
68% of the free throws that went along with them, but 103. That's insane. Yeah. Harden also converted those at an insane rate. Harden had 56 and one opportunities, and and he completed 51 of them. Good night. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, but DeRozan had 50 completed uh, three-point plays, uh, 62 and one opportunities. He's just – he's really good, really crafty. Uh, at the rim, has some crazy finishes in terms of the spin on the ball. Like DeRozan, I think, is one of the more underrated players in the league still. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for being such a good scorer. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I might go with – it's probably between, like, Irving or DeRozan for me. Okay. I like it. I can dig it. Um, let's go from your DeRozan to uh, my DeRozan pick. I have DeRozan listed as a top – three mid-range shooter all right Uh, he's also there for me yeah mid-range is a dying art in the league and really if you're shooting it too much you're doing it wrong um guys like jason tatum last year took a step back because he took a lot of mid-range um but in my mind there are three guys in the league that are above the rest when it comes to mid-range shots and those guys are lamarcus aldrich a lot of aldrich talk i did not think i'd be talking about him as much today because i'm pulling that off the top of my head um from earlier, like when I mentioned his name earlier, it clicked. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I forgot about him. Um, but Aldridge, uh, DeRozan, and CP3, Chris Paul, are um, probably the top three mid-range shooters in my opinion. Uh, Chris Paul gets his shot off. Like he's become he's become better at the three-point shot, but like his whole career, he's just been getting his his mid-range shot off like nobody's business. It's where he's lived. Um, which is crazy because he's undersized, like crazily undersized, but he still gets that shot off to Rosen. He can score at mid-range or underneath pretty well. Um, his three-point shot could still use a little bit of work, but I think DeRozan grew up watching Kobe and was like, I'm going to have this mid-range shot, and it's going to be nasty, and no one's going to be better at it than me. And then Aldridge is like six foot ten, six foot eleven, <coughs> seven foot, and he could just like – he has that weird shot where he like just flicks it with his wrist, but it, it's money. Um Another guy you could put in here, really at three-pointer all the way through like every offensive category that you want, is Jokic. I haven't really mentioned him a lot, but you could talk about Jokic and three-point shooting, uh, layups, mid-range, dunks, whatever you want, post-play. Jokic is another elite player at all, all of the positions, but Aldridge, DeRozan, and CP3 are the guys I'm going to go with, and I'm probably going to end with CP3 uh, being the best at it just because he's lived there for his entire career. What's weird is that I like somehow agree with you, but have like completely different players. So, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so I have like six that I considered. I had Kyrie is one of them just because his step back is so nice. Um, Devin Booker is one of the best in the league at threes and at converting mid range. Um, so I had him up there as well. Those are kind of like my bottom ones. CJ McCollum is really underrated. Yeah. Um, just as a scorer and also in the mid range. Add him to the three point list too. Yeah, exactly. All of them. All of the offense. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, DeRozan is probably in my top three in mid-range. He's always had a good three mid-range um, when he was in Toronto and everything. That's kind of how he feasts. Um, my uh, number two is probably Al Horford. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Al Horford, when I was you know, using my very unscientific method of clicking on the percentage of like shots – Players converted from within eight to 
16 feet of the hoop and then 16 to 24. Um, so you just, you know, do the old who has the highest percentage first. And it's a bunch of people that only took one mid-range shot all year. So the first player that, you know, was recognizable and, you know, took up a bunch of shots was Al Horford. Um, who, you know, he's old. You can't like rebound very much anymore, but he's, you know, one of those old crafty dudes. He's kind of like, like if you have like an old uncle on the court that has like negative athleticism, but like <laughs> just does like behind the head passes and has an ug- ugly money jumper. That'll, which, be, that'll be me. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. That's how all Al Horford plays. So Al Horford's really only good. like 33 or 34. Yeah, but he moves like he's 44. So like, Oh my gosh. And then, uh, yeah, but my number one is KD. Um, uh, yes, dude. I, yeah, KD is probably like the best all-around scorer right now in the NBA. Yeah. Between the length, you know, his ability to finish at the rim, his shooting form is impeccable. Yep. Um, and especially in the mid-range. He's so – like he can, you know, reach over every, anyone uh, with the mid-range so like no one can really get in his face and prevent him from shooting it, and it's just automatic. His, he's got one of those shooting forms that it never changes yep. from whatever position he's at on the court. Yeah. I just want to make the disclaimer. Um, I've been trying to pick guys who are going to play <laughs> because KD should be on all of these lists. <laughs> um, yeah. And I should have made the disclaimer earlier because I was thinking about it and I was like, he's nasty at all of us. <laughs> like, he's probably the best scorer in the NBA, quite honestly. I, I've, yeah, I, I would say so. I don't know who's better. Like, I don't, And I don't think it's close. Um, and like you LeBron lovers, you can say what you want. I'm picking KD <laughs> to score the ball. Over yeah, it's probably like him or Harden. Yeah, I just good night. Um, yeah, I feel bad. I haven't mentioned Katie at all, and I've only mentioned LeBron once. So, really, you know, goes to show the the diversity in the league. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different things you can be good at in basketball. So. You just need a specialty for all you youngins out there listening. I know you're listening. Just pick something special. You know, become a special a special. What are those called? I forgot. I forgot. Special, a specialist? Just a be specialist, a 3 and D that's guy. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 3-and-D, you know, uh, hustle. Make sure you hustle no matter what. You always got to hustle. If you hustle, Remember, you'll make there's the team. All, there was always an opportunity for an unathletic white guy on a bench. Oh, absolutely. The guy that dives on the floor, Matthew Delavadova. If you guys are six foot two and you, you're thinking to yourself right now, man, I'm a, I'm a freaking center in my local high school league. Guess what? You're going to be an NBA point guard one day. <laughs> Yes, what? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I like I like all of this comp. So it's funny we didn't have like any of the same players on that at all, and yet I like you said I agree with you. <laughs> on, like, yeah, all it's, of those it's a weird one. Um, yeah. Um, so we only have a couple a couple things left. I I wanted to end on this specific skill. Uh, well, there's two left, but I, I'm gonna end on. This one for the main one, and then I think the the next one is like encompasses all of it together, kind of. Um, but passing is the next one we're gonna do, and I think I pick passing because I think passing is like the most important skill on a basketball a team. Because if you can pass, you'll win games. Um, you know, the teams that make like like the the chances to score in a possession go like astronomically up. After you've made two passes, um, I don't know why it just is. It's because it, 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 the ball passing the ball is a lot f- faster than dribbling it, 
and it makes the defense move, and when the defense moves, that's when you beat them. It's it's not when their feet are set, but while they're moving their feet to get set that you beat them, and moving the ball around makes them move their feet. And so the more passes you make in the pos- in the possession, the more likely it is that you're going to score on that possession. Um, and I, uh, for every one of these things, I've had two to three people uh, generally listed. Um, and I'm going to let you start first on this one. I have five. Five guys listed as like the best. I, I also have five. Okay. All right. All right. We should we should go one by one yeah, and yeah. see how how many of the same we have. Yeah, so I'm you gonna, say yours. I'll tell you if I'm, they're on my list. I'm going to start like at number five and go to one. All right. I don't have them ranked like that. Okay. But I'll say if I have them on my list okay. at all. All right. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic. No. Okay. But I but I did consider him. So the kid's gonna be an MVP in the next five years. Um, he is so freaking good. I read a whole wrote, I can't talk today. I wrote a whole article about him. If you guys want to go check it out on the Under the Lights Sports uh, dot com, I uh, I wrote a whole article about Luka Doncic. He called like Dirk's favorite son or something like last year. The kid coming into the draft was one of the most highly touted. Uh, foreign players that we've ever seen he was the euro league mvp his last year there as like a 19 year old or something playing against nba caliber players he for some reason got a lot of flack from people because he's foreign like like americans just don't like these european guys like they just don't they never have um but he came in he was in that draft with like ayton and Oh shoot! I forgot. Like Bagley Jr. and and all of those Trey, guys. So Trey like, Young. Trey Young. Yeah, two years ago. It was good. Good draft class. Um, it was it was a really good draft class, and he will be forever linked to the Trey Young for Luka Doncic trades. Like the Atlanta Hawks traded for Trey Young. Mavericks uh, ended up getting Luka in the deal, and I think it was really good for both teams. I think it was a great trade. Both players fit that team and their personality. However, Luka Doncic is far and away the best player in that draft. A lot of people saying his biggest flaw coming out was that he wasn't athletic. The kid, the kid is more athletic than ninety percent of the league because he's a six foot nine freaking point guard with the the freaking eyes of a hawk. Okay, he can make every pass in the book with both hands. He he is insane. The biggest knock on him right now is that he's young and he's gonna make little mistakes here and there, and that he doesn't have a team around him to help him. But Oh my gosh, I love Doncic. I love the kid. He's he's one of my top five favorite players in the league right now. So, shout out to the Slovenian. <laughs> Those Slovenians. So yeah, all right. Who who do you have? Uh, so yeah, actually, keep running down your list. I'll tell okay, you okay. if I have him on my list. Next up, you won't have him on your list. He is the reigning assist to turnover ratio champion. Tyus Jones. Oh, for- yeah, I definitely don't. The former <laughs> Duke product set the record last year, the NBA record for the highest assist to turnover ratio with like 6.4 or something. So that for really? those of you out there that don't know what that means, it means for every six, uh, six and a half assists, basically, he had one turnover. I think it was, it was something crazy like that. I mean, the kid I, is I insane. I did not know this. Yes. He is one of my favorite players ever to come through the Duke program. Um, insane kid. He's he's really good. Really good jump shot. Really clutch. He oh I'm not gonna be able to find this stat really fast, but um, yeah, Tyus Jones, great passer, and he did it with a team that 
Yes, he he was in the Timberwolves last year. He's on the Grizzlies this year. He did definition the like, definition of mediocrity. Timberwolves. Yes. Yeah. Um. I mean, he had Cat, but that was it. <laughs> he had, he had Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler loves this guy. He loves Tyus Jones. Um. But that being said, I mean, he hasn't played on great teams. And but when he's gotten the chance, he's really, uh, he's really shown out. His nickname. Do you want to know what his nickname is? Let's hear it. Tyus Stones. Tyus Stones. Yes, <laughs> bro. He, I like it. He's, I like it. He's amazing. He's a great player. He's one of my favorites. I love the guy. So shout out to Tyus Jones and Trey Jones, the Duke boys. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Good he stuff. he was in the uh, fun fact. He was in the trade for um, freaking. Kevin Love. I'm pretty sure. Really? I'm pretty sure he was on the back like end of the that Kevin, trade. Like the Kevin Love to the Cavs? Yes. So Kevin Love came to the Cavs and Wiggins went to – Wiggins and a pick went to um, Minnesota. And I'm like 90% sure that Tyus Jones was a part of that trade because he ended up getting traded to Minnesota because that's where he's from. Also, that trade is kind of lopsided now that I think about it. Like <laughs> – like Kevin Love was like a key member of, you know, a couple finals teams with LeBron. He was a top and, ten guy in the league. And Andrew Wiggins' cheeks. Do you remember Kevin Love being Mister Double Double? I mean, every yes. night, every night, twenty five and twelve, every night. Yep. That that trade. Well, I mean, if he wasn't, they were gonna trade him. though. T Wolves were gonna trade him, but they were thinking about trading Kevin Love for Clay Thompson at the same time. Man, that would have been so year, much better. That mm. same year. Could you imagine? Because that following year, that's when the Cavs and the Warriors met. That would have been crazy. But then, like, man. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins has just been so disappointing. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're but, you not know, wrong. they signed him to a max. so He's getting paid. He, and you know what? He donates $22 of every point that he's – or $22 for every point he scores to some foundation to help kids who can't play sports. So – Good for him. Uh, good um, on him. <laughs> um, next up, so I had Doncic and then Tyus Jones. Um, those are really just picks because I love the people. Love the people, and I mean they're great players in their own right. Um, next up on the list, the this generation's Jason Kidd, Lonzo Ball. Oh man, <laughs> he is. Oh, you can man. say what you want about Lonzo Ball. You can think what you want. He is one of the best passers in the league. He does not miss a pass. He throws it where he wants. He he gets there. He now now he has freaking Zion himself to throw the ball to, and all these young guns who are going to go get it. He makes some of the craziest full court passes that you you will ever see. He's always been a great passer, and he's a pass first guard who happens to be six six and an elite athlete and a great defender. So Lonzo Ball is number three on my list. You know, somehow we don't have any of the same yet. Do you love keep, it or hate but that? But keep going. Do you love these or hate these so far? I just want to know. Uh, I don't like Lonzo's a good passer. I just don't know if he's that good of a passer. Oh my gosh, that's that he is that good of a passer. Also, Tyus Jones' salary this year, mind you, he just set an NBA record, is only one point two million. Talk about a deal for the Grizzlies, okay? True. I'm a Tyus Jones stan. It's okay. Um. Next up, are you ready? I don't. You, right. This is the first one you might actually have. All right, let's see. Let's hear it. Oh, 
Uh, Nikola Jokic. Okay, I do have Jokic. Okay. <laughs> he is a seven foot two, what is he, like Slovenian or Slovakian or something? I, or, I don't or Lithuanian. I don't from. remember what he is, but he, I mean, he is magical with the basketball. I mean, I, I want to be this guy so bad. Like, his passes are ridiculous. They'd be insane for guards, much less a, a seven footer. And oh, he he's, I don't even know how to describe him. Just like imagine a marshmallow with limbs that can play basketball at an elite level. The most unathletic, unathletic looking dude in the NBA. Oh, by far. It's not even close. He looks like like your dad or like your Maybe average. Like, like Kendrick Perkins, but taller. And yeah, white. he looks like, <laughs> looks like someone I would have worked with at Lowe's. <laughs> Right, and the, you're, but but instead of like asking him for like the paint can, you're like, hey, can you hand me that uh, that two by four at the top shelf? And he just gets it up with one hand and everything, and grabs it. Exactly. Like, no and then he cut. passes it behind his head yeah. into my cart. Yeah, <laughs> he's insane. He is a freak of nature. What do you what do you have to say about this guy? Anything? Yeah, Jokic is on my list. He's easily the best passing center in the NBA. Um, I considered him for my number one spot. He did not get it, but. He's like easily, you know, top two or three passer in the league, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm gonna save my number one because I want to hear yours because I think we have the same number one. <laughs> so, um, I, I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead and so, give, hit me with your names. All right. So the rest of my five are Steph. Yeah. We've talked so much about Curry that I feel like we don't really need to touch on it anymore. Um, ben Simmons is one of the better passers in the league. And, like, if it's one strong suit that he's always had besides finishing at the rim, it's his court vision. Um, he's always put up good assist numbers. He's such a smooth player. Like, despite him literally being unable to shoot, um, I love watching Simmons play because he's so smooth with the basketball in his hands and he, you know, makes such clean passes all the time. Um, so, big fan of Simmons's game in that realm. Um, CP3 is my other one. Uh, I just think especially to like the Lob City days when CP3 oh, could like yeah. chuck up alley-oops like no one's business. Yep. Um, I just think he's really crafty with the basketball. You know, it gets around his, you know, he's only like, what, six foot tall, something like that? Like 5'11", yeah. Yeah, if that. So he's, you know, consistently been able to get around his, you know, height issue in the NBA and also, and finish um really nice passes but uh yeah so those are the rest besides my number one all right um <laughs> how, how should we do this you want to no i i mean I, we're gonna have the same person i like there's no way all right let's see we'll count i'll count down three two one and then we'll both say it okay we'll see okay three two one LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> okay, it has to be. Has if you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say somebody else, like, you know, maybe another Duke player. You're gonna be like, three, two, one, JJ Redick or something like that. <laughs> this is the this is the uh, Duke men's basketball podcast. Welcome back. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, we are located here in New Orleans this year. <laughs> New Orleans. Yep. <laughs> no, it's LeBron. It's not even close. He, I mean, he's he's the best passer we've had since Magic Johnson. Um, or Jason Kidd, at least like Steve Nash. Steve, yeah, I mean he, he's up. He's better than those guys, though. Like, 
Did you see the behind the head yes. Steve Nash pass? Y- yeah. But yeah, but Steve Nash wasn't being <laughs> draped by two players falling to the ground. Beautiful. <laughs> LeBron, Work of art. Oh my gosh. LeBron freaking James. Okay, this, I have not talked about LeBron really at all. I've talked about him a little bit in the layups. You've talked about him some here and there. Let me tell you. The, the thing about him that everyone has always been marveled with is his passing. It is his best trait far and away. It's the one thing he's never had to spend a whole summer on learning how to pass with both hands. He's always had it. He always will have it. He's... He, I mean, if you see some of these wraparound pick and roll passes he's given Anthony Davis in the preseason, or, or like the, I, I don't know, they're just some crazy passes between the legs to people off the backboard to himself. He knows where he wants to go with the ball when it's in his hands. He throws laser pinpoint passes with both of his hands, and that is one of the hardest things to do. And for those of you that don't know, LeBron is left-handed. Did you know that? But shoots right-handed. You, you were the one that told me that. I think. Yeah, he's insane. Like that, who does that? You know who tries to do that? Ben Simmons. But he's not. You know who's successful at doing that? <laughs> ben Simmons. <laughs> Dude, I keep dropping my pen. Um, but, yeah, LeBron is, uh, I, I mean, there's nothing There's nothing more to say other than he's one. He's a top five passer all the time. Like, he has to be. There's no way he's not. He, I mean, where is he at? Where is he at on the assist list? I mean, he's up there, he's, right? He's like, got to be pretty high up there. LeBron, career. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, dude. He he's insane. Eight thousand six hundred and sixty-two, which Dang. is good for. He's top ten. He's number ten. So he's averaged six assists per game for his entire career. No, sorry, seven point two. He's so he's three hundred behind Gary Payton. Four like three hundred and fifty behind Isaiah Thomas, the OG one. Uh, 400 behind his banana boat buddy, Chris Paul. Banana boat? Uh, 1,200 behind Oscar Robinson. 1,400 behind Magic Johnson. Um, 1,400 behind Magic Johnson? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you want to hear something crazier? John what? John Stockton. How many – are you looking at the list or no? No. Okay. How many more assists do you think John Stockton has above LeBron James? Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. Try. Try eight thousand. Get out of here. 15, How? Fifteen thousand eight hundred and six assists. How? How long did John Stockton play? That's crazy. You know what? You want to know who's the next closest? Uh, I guess not Magic, but no. Nope. Magic is number five. Nash. Nash is number three. Kid? Kid is number two. Guess how far behind he is, Stockton. Uh, 4,000? 3,000 assists. Almost 4,000. That's crazy. I think I think LeBron can move into top five on this list. And then, I mean, he's going to play for another five years. Um, and if he averages seven assists a game, right? So seven times 82. We'll say seven times 75. Because he, he, he won't play all of those. But well, I guess that's 500 Stockton, assists a Stockton year. played 19 years in the NBA and averaged 10 and a half assists a game. So yeah, so he's under his career. Oh no, no, he's over it. Never mind, I lied. Or those number. I don't know. The math doesn't add up in my head, but it's fine. Yeah. Well, LeBron's played less and averaged less, so he ain't coming near Stockton. No, 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 no. But, but he, that's he's he's getting like 500 assists a year, so he'll move into top 
top eight this year. May, I, he won't pass Chris Paul this year. Um, but I think in the next two years he could pass. He can get to top five. He can, he can get ahead of Magic in the next two years. That'd be crazy. Two or three years, probably. Um, insane. Which I mean, just to think about that. I mean, he he's he is ridiculously insane, and he's younger than a lot of these guys that are like he's putting up stats at a younger age than a lot of the people that he's passing. Yeah, and if it's one thing that doesn't go away with age, it's passing. Yeah. He will always You know what's crazy? Oh my gosh. Rajon Rondo is 18th on the list. Really? And Russell Westbrook is 21st. Dang. Russell Westbrook, if he had started the triple-double thing earlier in his career, he might have had a shot at passing it, but I doubt he would. Yeah. Holy cow. Russ crazy. There's some good names on this list. Mookie Blaylock. That's a name right there. I have no I mean, idea who that is. I mean, that's just a good name. Like, it's just a solid. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had 5,500 assists. 5,600 assists. Holy cow. Okay. Crazy. But yeah, I mean, we both agree. LeBron is insane, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why I think it's a big part of the reason why he's so versatile is can play all the positions. I mean, he was laying the named the freaking Lakers starting point guard last year at one point. He, he is the starting point guard this year. Yeah. So and, it's just crazy he can command an offense he can run the pick and roll he can you know run just about any type of offense you want because he's so good with the ball in his hands and so smart with it you know passing out of the post post passing into the post you know chugging lobs full court passes whatever you want he's got it yeah and i mean have you seen um their starting lineup potential for this year for them it's like avery bradley danny green lebron davis and like dwight howard like they're not, they don't have a point guard, and then they're gonna let Rajon sub in for LeBron. <laughs> like Lakers have like the weirdest team. It's weird, but it's gonna be good, dude, because they fit everything fits. Yeah, like, it just has no, it just has no depth. Yeah, after about eight guys, there's not much. Eight or nine? Well, yeah, I think eight or nine. But come playoff time, you're only gonna play nine guys anyway. Yeah. Well, like even as the starters, I mean, like you got Javale McGee, who's such a meme, and yeah. then. You know, Avery Bradley's done nothing for the past couple of years. Yeah, but I, they don't need him to do anything. They just need him to sit in the corner and make threes mm-hmm. and then play defense. That's it. Yeah. Danny Green, yeah. same thing. Yeah, you just got, like, Kuzma and some other ones, but, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, and you think about it, though. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins was supposed to be on this team. <laughs> yeah. If he was on this team, it'd be I think we'd be having different conversations about whether or not the Lakers are going to be legit. Are they going to be a threat to win it all? I mean, there's still a threat to win it all, but it's like if you put Cousins on that team, even like 50% Cousins is better than 100% JaVale and Dwight, right? I would, I would think. So, and, and Cousins and Davis played really well together. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and I kind of wish – I really hope they just leave Davis at center and have yeah. – like Kuzma play four, like I, I like when he plays with another center. Center like he's good at it, like in that power forward role. But well, he, I don't know. I kind of like when he's just play, unleashed. He doesn't want to play center, but that's when he's better. He's best at center. Like I don't know yeah, why like, he just doesn't want to do that. I mean, he doesn't want to bang down low with those guys. Is really what it is. But he's down there anyway. <laughs> but he's so good at it. Like yeah. I don't know. He's just he's. I think he's better at a, as a pure center rather than like the four five mix. Yeah. Well, I think. Man, I think I think crunch time for the Lakers. Not to get on a Lakers tangent here, but crunch time for Lakers is going to be LeBron, Davis, Kuzma, 
uh, Danny Green, and then either Bradley or Rondo or KCP, like one of those guys, just whoever's hottest, because I don't know. Like the Lakers are going to be so interesting. This year in the NBA is so different than what we've been accustomed to the last really 10 years because, I mean, you figure 2010 is when we've had the big three in Miami. And then really from then then to last year, we just had these big threes forming, super teams forming. And now it's like there are all these little duos all over the league. And I wrote about this too on the on our website, underthelightsports.com. Check it out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a cool, cool website. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like how like there's just duos all over. There's Paul George and Kawhi. You have a LeBron and Davis. If Clay gets healthy, then Clay and Steph. You have KD and Kyrie. But that I mean we won't see that till like, the new year probably um and then you have little guys like little teams like miami with uh jimmy butler adding a new fixture in there you have the 76ers who have ben simmons and joel Embiid and josh richardson and tobias harris and al horford and that's honestly that's a scarier starting five or crunch time five than a lot of things we've seen in the last five years i mean that's right up there with the the thunders crunch time five from the last two years in my opinion Mm-hmm. Um, you you go to the Spurs and you still have DeRozan and and Aldridge. You you have uh, freaking Leonard or Damian Lillard. That's what I meant. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And we didn't talk about Lillard a lot today, but Lillard should be on a lot of these lists too. Yeah, um, Lillard's like one of those dudes who's good at everything. Yeah, but I guess like you know when you're competing with like Kyrie for handles and then Steph for three point, it gets tough. Yeah. It's like some of the all-time greats of the position. Well, and like I would take Lillard over Kyrie. Like if you were like, who would you want as your starting point guard? I would have Lillard as a top three guy. Oh, I would too. I but, would too. I think. But uh, he's he's just like, I don't know. You know, I love well, some Lillard. of that's even stuff that you can't even like measure with these rankings. It'll yeah. be like it's stuff like you know intangibles and whatnot. Yeah. Like Lillard's, like you know, Kyrie's kind of a weird guy. It's been noted. <laughs> Very weird. He doesn't, he doesn't always get along with people. It's been something. all it's been all downhill since he said the world was flat. <laughs> like that. Was, that's how that's how it normally goes. That was so weird, man. Sammy Watkins is also a flat earther, so you know. Oh my gosh. That's just how it'd be. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a fun year in the NBA. It kicks off tomorrow night, and uh, if you know you guys want to hear more about the NBA and whatnot, let us know. On the old Twitter at UTL underscore sports or at Four Down Scouting, um, and we're also going to be getting into some football stuff here too. Just we talked about a little a little bit about the six overtime game for Virginia Tech. That's uh, that was really fun to hear about, and I'm sure experience if you're a Christian. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're going to be talking about NFL and stuff in the upcoming uh, week or so. Hopefully, uh, the NFL season is in full swing. It's like week, what, seven or something like that? Six, seven? Uh, yeah, week seven, I just ended. Yeah. Because so, the Eagles, Eagles are three and four. Yeah. Rip last night's game. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot to talk about. There, there's going to be a lot to talk about here in the upcoming months. Baseball is ending. The World Series is upon us. This is the best time of year for sports right now in March. These are the best times. Um, yeah, hockey in full swing. Not that I really watch a ton of hockey until playoffs anyway, but... It's a good season for sports right now, and uh, we hope to get more content out to you guys. Like always, thanks for listening, and we will catch you all later.